A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined by a very special guest who uh, is wearing a lot of great jewelry right now. <laughs> Can't stop staring at it. Um, she is the resident astrologer at Allure Magazine. Uh, she also recently released a book called The Mixology of Astrology, Cosmic Cocktail Recipes for Every Sign. It's Aliza Kelly. Hey! Hi! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you're, you're in Los Angeles, normally not. Correct. How has our city been to you? Warmer than New York. So this is a delightful time to be here. <laughs> That's no, very it's true. normally warmer than New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> I guess you're moving. Yeah, I, I actually lived here for three years. Oh, really? Um, and then I moved back to New York, where I'm originally from. And it's a treat to get to come back here because it's like I go through the whole process of remembering why I came here in the first place and then feeling tempted to come back and then ultimately 
deciding that I'm going to stay in New York, which is now like a fun game I play with myself. <laughs> Will she or won't yeah, she? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what years were you here? So I can get like a, an era I range. was here from 2013 to 2016. Oh, so like oh, that's reason as hell. That was yeah. a good time. Those you know great, what? Great three-year period. Maybe, maybe this is me projecting like my own experiences, but I feel like 2016 was like uh, the end of a lot of or like the last time for a certain era of LA, like a lot of landmark places closed down, a lot of like stuff, not just like gentrification, I mean that obviously, but I mean like, uh, well, I left. Yeah. So that, that must have been. That they were like, been they were like, that's it. We've done. We've done all we need LA to do. LA shut down. <laughs> we're done. LA's over. Really, Canceled. really, really good Leo remark on my part. I was going to be like, <laughs> awesome. Your Leo is showing. <laughs> it's the jewelry. It, it's all reflecting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk about your book. I mean, we have it yeah. here. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, well, I guess first of all, first and foremost. Um, like, how did you, we were talking a little bit before the pod, but how did you get into astrology in the first place? So I have actually been in, I didn't have like a, an aha moment. I, I've, I don't even want to say that word. It feels like very Silicon Valley to say an aha moment, but <laughs> I didn't have one. It was this very natural organic process of sort of going from bothering everybody about their astrological sign to starting a dating app based on astrology, which... Uh, was from 2014 to 2016 and then from there becoming myself an astrologer so all of these yeah all of these steps along the way have just been sort of I don't know uh one has seamlessly bled into the other which is I guess the way astrology works one of the questions we get a lot is about compatibility so how do you go about establishing uh, a dating app do you use venus mars moon sign Everyone has a different take. Well, when we started uh, what was called Align, which was the dating oh, app. I remember yeah. that. Yep, that, that was <laughs> that me was and my, my co-founder. Oh, um, yeah. We were just doing it based on sun sign. Oh, In okay. our next iteration, we were planning on creating a much more robust algorithm. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't. The eclipses happened. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> so sun, sun sign compatibility. Uh, usually we're looking at same element. Right. Or yeah. I mean, it's sun sign compatibility is hard. Like it's I obviously get asked that question all the time as well. And it's not a question I really feel great about answering because you really need to see somebody's full chart in order to understand like what they're about and what they're drawing in versus what makes them happy versus what's sustainable versus what gets them all hot and bothered. Mm. So you need to have a full picture of somebody in order to know, like, who are the people that they're gravitating towards. Um, the sun sign is just not enough information. However, when I need to address sun sign compatibility, yeah, it's um, you know, fire and fire, fire and air, earth and water, earth and earth, water, water, you know, okay. the yeah. whole elemental. Cool. I find when people ask that question, like not so much like the questions that we get from people who listen, because those are typically a little more involved or they have an astrological knowledge already so they know to ask oh like his mars is this or whatever but i feel like people just want you to say like yeah it's a good match like Mm -hmm. and you always feel i always feel weird talking about it further because it sounds like you're being kind of like evasive to be 
like, well, it's not that easy. It's actually blah, 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 blah. And then people are just kind of like shut down. They're like, could you just tell me that it's going to work out? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I, I talk about this with a lot of other practitioners in the space is that there definitely is a element of working, not no pun intended, of working with people and on a surface superficial level of them feeling like when you say like, I can't answer that. I don't have enough information that you're withholding details oh, that you like have. they assume the worst is yeah like that, what you're that you're like fucking with them oh. um but really it's like i don't want to give somebody inaccurate information i'm like too nerdy for right. that right well i think it also comes from just a fundamental misunderstanding of astrology that it's that it is just your sun sign and that's it or that they're like part of people's complaints about it is that it pigeonholes people into these categories and it's like well that's only one part of your char- like that's all of it so I think people also just don't know that there is something more that you could talk about or even that you like literally are your chart like when people are like oh my god well they're like you know Taurus moon and they're just a Taurus moon and like when you start to get to like you know like the like labeling thing it's like yeah well they're Taurus moon but also like where are they at with like their work life because maybe that's just distra- like if you're not coming complete to like your full elements aren't going to be working in your favor towards your like whoever the fuck you're trying to date right now. Yeah. I I also, you know, when we're talking about compatibility, it's ultimately, you know, the way that one person responds to another and then vice versa. And Mm -hmm. they're not mirrors. One person can really benefit from a relationship and have all of their planets and houses activated in like just the right zones. And then the other person could be totally triggered by it and it's like re-traumatizing them from whatever they went through and that's the same relationship but both people are experiencing it differently so you need to like look at not just how two signs match up but how each chart is being activated within the relationship so it's you know takes two to tango um that was like shook material right there (laughs) well just because you i think it's easy to forget that in dating or family or friendships of like you think of it as such like a unit but then it is we are individual beings and like sort of like what you said and it's like and what's positive for you can be like really like draining or a negative for a different person so I didn't like it's like hearing that like phrase like that is like oh yeah like it might be like when you write in it might be like super good for you but also like can your partner write in and like I wonder what their like viewpoint of all this is too yeah I think it's really um, powerful to to say like I don't know um, like I don't have all the answers or I don't want to give you incorrect information because I think I like I struggle with control so it's like if you even think that someone has all the answers something's wrong uh, yeah. if you think that like someone can fix whatever problem you're having without you doing any work or if just by telling you where your Venus is or something, then you need to like let go of something. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause it is like the, the easy, like, Oh, I just want to, sh- I want to be, I want to be like, have a guarantee that this is going to work out because of these things, but and that's someone to blame if it doesn't. And yeah. On, on converse. So it's like, yeah, I think, you know, being able to say, well, I don't have all the answers is like really, really powerful. Yeah. It's, it's taken me, some time to lean into that more Capricorn 
area of my chart rather than the Pisces area of my chart where oh. I just want to like bleed out and absorb everyone's problems all the time. <laughs> I find that at work a lot. I work as a, a front desk at a hair salon. Um, so it's a lot of people will call in with questions about the salon. And I think that's been like great practice just saying, I don't know. And that being okay. And, but a lot of times people don't like that answer because it's not the answer that they wanted. And then they keep kind of like asking you the same question, but in a different way. And you're just like, I don't know. That's. Yeah. I think that it's, it's very scary to say, I don't know. Um, but it's also really badass. <laughs> I have this philosophy, um, that I call date like a rich girl, which is basically ultimately coming to anything from a place of abundance rather than a place of scarcity my ideal obviously is like the Paris Hilton archetype who just can like take one bite of a hamburger and then be like I'm done <laughs> I'm over it whereas like for me it's like I'm if I ordered it I'm gonna eat the whole fucking thing like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna waste this mm -hmm. but approaching that obviously from a ecological wasteful perspective but from a more finding internal abundance and not feeling desperate and not feeling like you need to solve everything immediately and that things are going to be taken away from you if you don't, which is ultimately the power of saying, I don't know, or no, or I can get back to you on that. Mm -hmm. Well, what you say, like the Paris burgery reference almost sounds like the, the power of like being able to say like, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I think a lot of the times, especially like, I mean, I'm a Taurus, I'm like stubborn as fuck. And it's hard to be like, Oh, wait, no, I do. Th I like doing things like differently like this now. So I think sometimes, especially like if you really identify with your sign too, you were like, well, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a Gemini. So I'm just floating all over the place. And that's my like excuse or something like, and it's like, no, you still have to like, maybe like treat others around you like how they want to be treated. And like, it goes back with what you said, like the mirror reflection to like what you got to give and rather than just being like, this is who I am take it truly take it or leave it it's like i mean like i'll take you being you but not like you adapting for whatever the fuck yeah i think that you know astrological accountability is really important Ooh, elaborate yeah just you know like exactly as what we're talking about not using any placement as an excuse to be a shithead but seeing your strengths recognizing your weaknesses seeing the things you cannot change and the mm -hmm. things that you would like to improve and then being able to show up in the best way possible for you and for the relationships you have in your life. It's, and that takes work and it's accountability and you needing to be able to look at yourself, not you, I'm looking at yeah. you, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> not directed <laughs> no, at you. <laughs> One, to be able to look at themselves and see the things that, um, that they're generating and the things that they are creating and whether those issues that they're having, if they are having issues are really coming from the other person or if they are this cyclical pattern of things that are continuing to be perpetuated, in which case like you got to do some work. Mm -hmm. Hashtag well, astrology accountability. accountability. Hashtag astrology accountability. It's a <laughs> fucking thing now. <laughs> Super interested in this specifically because of the idea of abundance and scarcity is a big thing in the entertainment industry and it's something that comes up a lot. You'll hear people say it in interviews like, um, you know, until I realized that someone else getting something didn't mean that I lost the part. Mm. So you hear that a lot in the entertainment industry and it's kind of hard to grasp because you feel like there's a limited number of stuff and, and, and you know, once you've done it for a little while, whatever field you're in, you're, you realize that you create your own opportunity and stuff. But I've never thought about it um, from the accountability standpoint, 
which I think will change things for me. Cool. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. I I like the abundance angle too because it and this Paris Hilton image. I'm really <laughs> I'm really struck by that. You can see that. it, right? No, I, can't, yeah. I feel like she did this. Yeah, know? I think it might have been for like, like an Arby's commercial. commercial. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a Carl's, Carl's Jr. Jr. Yes. Yes. Um, but I like it because it also kind of um to me what it what it brings to mind is like these things like the I don't know example of being like, oh, that's also not that big a deal. It's not the end of the world to not know anything. Or it's like, okay, so this person is disappointed that I don't have the answer. Okay, that's it. I'm not a terrible person or I'm not an idiot for not knowing or I don't have to be worried about what that me not knowing the implications of that for that other person. Also, are. their disappointment like, has nothing to do with you. Yeah, you exactly. still don't know exactly. whether they're disappointed or not. Exactly. So it's just like being honest about that and being like, oh, that's not a big, it's not a big deal. Or, yeah, I mean, even just saying like, oh, I can't, I have this and I've been noticing it more where I, like, one, I'm a Sagittarius, so here I go. <laughs> making excuses. But I always overbook. I always am saying yes to a thing. Um, and I've tried very hard to work on just saying, oh, no, I know I can't. If I know I can't fit in my schedule that night, just saying, I'm sorry, I can't. But that, like, that takes so much work. Yeah, it's very like, scary to say that. To, but to be like, you know, whatever, who cares? You're fucking Paris Hilton. You have so many engagements to go to and you can't worry about if someone is mad at you for not going to that lunch or whatever. Like, exactly. you just have to say like, yeah, sorry, I can't go booked. Well, and also Paris would go, they'll understand. <laughs> you know, like it's like it's like a mm-hmm. moving on of like, you get it right. Like I have. But like, I don't know. I like I, I think Paris is that like good power Aquarius for like that. um I feel like she was just like fully there with that. She's such a power Aquarius. She is very. <laughs> she's such a. I mentioned her actually. I was at an event this afternoon and I was talking about Aquarius and I was listing some of my favorite Aquarians. Uh huh. Oprah, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, and then I was like, and Paris Hilton, and I saw everybody's faces be like, how does she fit in? But she does. She does because she is also for the people in the same way. It's a different way, but she's very much of like the archetype of the two thousands. Well, and I th- also she is mm-hmm. a character. Like I think she is a hundred percent. I think like not not everybody knows that like Paris Hilton like cell phone in hand is a character, and then like her in her personal life is like. But it's about that like that Aquarius kind of like holding this like this is what you guys want like here it is in my vase and then I'm actually like recharging and like God knows on some yacht like relaxing it up and like this is work and this is pleasure and it's just like a total duality Paris life. Abundance. I read some shocking fact about her and this is like (laughs) I know this is gonna sound like stupid but (laughs) she only inherited I know only is the wrong word but she only inherited like nine million dollars. Really? That's not a lot. Like for what you think she has it's nothing. Yeah. Cause she yeah. she started like all these brands. And I think she makes a million dollars a day now. What? But like I read some shocking. It was like shocking facts about Paris Hilton, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be all like sex tape stuff. But of course, I clicked on it. And like, <laughs> it's yeah, a great it sex tape. It's one about, of the best. Oh, it was yeah. stuff about money, and I was like, this is crazy. That is, I know what you mean about saying just, but for you would imagine for what that you she think would. She yeah, got, it's well, a you, very little. You, you think that she's someone that will like when you're an heir you think oh that person will never ever have to work again but it's like nine mil like let's break down nine million it's like 
That's not like her one brand. One house in Los Angeles, you're eight million. Mm-hmm. A, a two bedroom house. Yeah. You're and if that's million. supposed to be yeah, she well, she stretched that dollar. <laughs> She's like, time well, to time to invest, time to go on. Time to simple life it. Well, time she to- also has Neptune on the Ascendant, which is uh, a really, really powerful placement. What is what is like uh what brings the power with those t- near each other? Well, Neptune is associated with illusion and fantasy and the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um so when you have that on your ascendant which is the way that people see you mm-hmm. they really can project whatever they want onto you oh. kim kardashian also has this oh. Oh. marilyn monroe also no. oh that makes i mean yeah like personas personas like, yeah, like, yeah exactly whoever you They're want me to be baby. placeholders yeah um speaking of being who you be going back to like maybe getting into astrology you're leo i am have you like always like known you were a leo like as like a kid did you identify with this like were you always like leaned in hard to leo life or was this like a coming coming to age sort of thing so it's interesting i my uncle who passed away when i was three was a great astrologer and he hand calculated my birth chart when i was born so i was always aware of the fact that there was this greater profile Mm -hmm. from an astrological perspective but i didn't really pursue that until I was in my early 20s when I started looking into it more and the first thing that I discovered when I did find my astrological profile my chart was that I was a Pisces moon which made so much (laughs) sense because obviously when you read about Leo you know there's the theatricality and the drama and the performance and I have that but there's also a lot more that mm-hmm. wasn't captured in any of the descriptions I would ever read about Leo. And I was sort of like, eh. and then also people with a lot of fire, I've come to realize, like freak me out a little bit because <laughs> even though I have this sun placement, which is, you know, fire and very solar energy, it's the only fire I have in my entire astrological profile. Oh. So I can have this flame going for, you know, a certain amount of time or in certain contexts, but with people who are like all fire, I'm like, Whoa. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot. I'll like fan you because I can't keep up. Are you watery, airy, or like a little bit of like? I'm the other actually th- a combo of all of it. Okay, um, other than fire. <laughs> fire. fire lacking. I have um, Virgo in both my Mercury and my Mars. Mm-hmm. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm Venus Libra, which makes me a little vain, Ooh. but that's fun. <laughs> and then I have you know the. Fabulous millennial triple Capricorn mm-hmm. yeah. outer planet vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorpio Pluto. Yeah. Cancer Chiron. Oh, yeah. Here. Mm. Here. Cancer Jupiter. Cancer Jupiter. Yeah. What do you mind me asking what house your son is in? Eighth house baby. Okay. Eighth house stellium over here. Oh. Eighth house stellium really? Too, and I have no fire in my chart. Wow. Yeah. What planets do you have in the eighth house? Um, oh, that's tough to say at this point. No, now I'm trying to think. I think it might be the cap ones. Oh, your outer? Or it might be. Let me look. Now What's I'm your rising? <laughs> my rising is Taurus. So your Taurus sun and Taurus rising? Yeah. Are you 12th house or first house sun? 12th yeah so the personal stellium (laughs) is in taurus and then the uh generational stellium is capricorn and eighth your personal stellium taurus in the 12th cool i have my outer planet stellium in the 12th okay 
So we're flipped. Yeah. Cool. This is like watching oh, yeah. like like girls meet at like summer camp or something. Or I know. Like, this is yeah. so fun. I love it. It's like, so um, what houses do you got going Wait, on? You have Ethan 12th Stellions yeah. too? Wow. Oh my God. Crazy. That's wild. But yeah, um, I was wondering about why your, where your son was because I was wondering if you felt like you identified, but it's eighth house. So it's obviously part burning it down too. Yeah. It's actually, I was also born on an eclipse. So my Ooh. south node is a 25 degrees Leo. And my son is a 25 degrees Leo. And my eighth house cusp is 25 degrees Leo. So, yeah. Do you, like, I'm just wondering from, like, a numerology perspective. Do you see, like, 22s and 5s or, like, or 7s a lot? Or do you identify to these, do these numbers play any role outside of, like, in your chart itself? I would just wonder this with, like, themes and patterns. The number of? Of the book? The page number. Ooh. Ooh. 25. That's 25. Well, you know, it takes a chart. 30 years to come into full maturation and 25 is the highest degree in my chart mm-hmm. and 25 was also the age where I started my own company oh. and for the first time and it was says so the Capricorn rising and it was a really important year for me so I think that less like I have I live in like the 25th unit yeah building it's more of thinking about how profound that age was for me Mm -hmm. and like looking forward to 50 like what is gonna happen then oh fuck (laughs) that's hot and sassy this is page 25 what what sign is it it's aries (laughs) um while we're just in leo mode i'm just curious because i feel like leos when we're like making memes or doing roundupy things like and just like all over the internet i feel like leos are the ones with like the least amount of like adjectives or the ones that are are very like big hair don't care like they're all very like super surface do you have any like eh, and this might be like too vague but like any just traits that you think are like super tired with leo stuff and things traits that you wish more people knew about leo stevie's Ooh. boyfriend's a leo i'm learning so much more about leos and i feel like the leos in my life are they I don't know. I think there's like a there's obviously like a quiet power with Leos. They're not like your Aries and Sag that are a little more blah to me. And so I feel like when I see like the adjectives, they're just very like simple. Like it's very just like, oh, my God, royal, proud, big hair. And like that's like the like constant roto you see. But I'm just wondering if you had like are here to like demyth some. Oh, I could demyth it all, baby. I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the debunking. Um <laughs> Well, one of the things that I think is really important with Leo energy is to recognize how creative the sign is. And also, you know, when we think of tarot, it's the strength card. And it's like it's like fortitude. You know, there's like an incredible resilience and steadfastness. And I'm not giving up. And I want, you know, if we're going to do this, like everyone's coming with me. I want to create this community. I want to make it magical and artistic. And really when Leos spin out is when they can't create and when they aren't Hmm. being seen for their artistic attributes. So even though I I think a lot of the creativity is associated with the water signs and with good reason, Leo is also one of those that like they really like their interest in being performers comes from a very imaginative place. Well, I mean, it's the sun. It's about growth, too. I mean, the sun create like helps things grow and create all the time. So it's like I. Yeah, that makes total sense from in whatever creative in any in any regard, not necessarily just the performance, but 
whatever they're doing. I'm my old boss is a Leo and she always like when she was the most excited for sure was when she would like come up with a new um, like class unit. She'd be like, oh, I have this idea for a class. I came up with the name. Here's how we're going to market it. And all, and it's like all of the other things are already done. But like that's when she was like the most like she's like, I need a break because I need to be coming up with the ideas. So that totally fits. One of my um, mentors and one of my very, very closest friends, Annabelle Gatt, describes Leo energy as being that of a bonfire. And like what could possibly be lonelier than a bonfire that nobody is gathered around? Like that is like a bummer of a fucking bonfire. Mm. And I think that that is also visually a very good way of thinking about, you know, Leo's having this like sweetness to their spirit and just wanting to entertain and keep people warm. But Obviously, like, if no one's paying attention, they're going to be like, ah, <laughs> look at me. Like, I, I like can burn your house. Too, you know? yeah. yeah. If there's no one around to watch it, who knows what is going to Yeah, and then up. we go over to Sagittarius, and it's a mess of trouble with the wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> I find that Leos are often um, the people that I talk to that, like, don't identify with their sign a lot. Really? Which it's like, I yeah. find it goes either way that it's like if someone, but I think it's like if someone's into astrology and they're open to that, then they are like, yeah, I'm a Leo, like I'm the sun, all of this. But then if they're like hesitant about it, they are usually like, I just am not a Leo. Well, they I probably don't. have a lot of Virgo in their chart. Well, that's, that's what I always think too. Where I'm like, it can't be that. But I think it's interesting hearing the parts that you're talking about because I think that and meme culture is, is partly to not partly to blame for this, but, but I'm sure it's exacerbated now for people. But I think that a lot of times Leo's are just like, I'm not, I'm not like the center of attention or I'm not uh, like, I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't for need. women to say they're proud and yes. they're, and not just women, but I think astrology is a lot of the time feminine. Um, but like, even it's hard for people to be like, I'm Royal. That's mm-hmm. so hard to say or admit. Yeah. And then Yeah, and not be a shithead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's like only the most like the Leoist of the Leos are the ones that are like, Yeah, I'm a Leo. But everybody else I know is like like, Oh yeah, I'm a Leo. Like, but I just like don't really feel like a Leo or something like Yeah, I think well, I feel like it's it is like a daunting task to be mm-hmm. like it is like the sign that's always pin to be like i'm the shit and everyone can kiss my grits or like (laughs) or you can just be like yeah that's true (laughs) are you a july or august leo august 18th okay i do have a theory you know with when we talk about like deacony things and whatever but i'm like the july's to the august ones i feel like i mean it's that cancer to virgo pull where it's just like also that ownership too you know like i feel like closer to virgo just has that like fine i'll like say what it like let's let's call a spade a spade guess i'm a fucking leo like (laughs) i love talking about the decans they're one of my favorite things because the evolution of a sign is so so profound it goes through such a transformation over the course of those zero to 29 degrees and i really do think that leo is a good example i do think that early leos july leos are very different than late august leos as a late august leo you say decans and we have i been saying it wrong it's like decade De- oh. oh well i've also seen like decay or like they're decking it decad- yeah yeah exactly and you, well. when you read a lot of things but never like hear it out loud but dec- yeah like a duck yeah it's that makes it's, a lot it's, of sense. it's a it's not an easy word i also <laughs> it's i get confused with it too well yeah. now we know um how so i mean again we talked about this a little bit before but um why uh the mixology of astrology what particularly um, drew you to to drinks. 
<laughs> well, well, I mean, besides, my father, <laughs> my, my home life. Besides um, your chiron and cancer. Um, I have really like defined my career in astrology as trying to find different gateways into it that are accessible and fun and that make people sort of think twice about their day-to-day realities. My next book that's coming out is actually a book for teenage girls. So, or, you know, teenagers, but (laughs) (laughs) really like it's written for me, for my old 13, 14 year old self who really could have used some like older sister astrologer at that time. Um, and it's interesting to have then what will be my two books out is going to be on alcohol and one for teenagers. But <laughs> <laughs> trying to, you know, run the gamut here. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. so awesome. sweet. Um, did you, I mean, how did you come up with, I mean, I, I know by sign, but like, did you work with somebody on the actual like makings of the cocktails or is this all, you came up with all of the recipes and everything oh, too? Oh man. So what I did is I found 192 cocktails. There are 192 cocktails in the book. There's 16 for each sign. Mm. And I put them in this giant spreadsheet because I have Virgo, Mercury, and Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, I created tabs and I dropped the drinks into the different tabs and sort of like artistic directed the ideas surrounding what each of the drinks symbolized what the history was of them what they represented to capture the spirit of each of the signs it was a very very daunting process because even though I love alcohol and I love drinking I uh, 200 cocktails is like no easy feat yeah Mm -hmm. I knew the first hundred (laughs) no problem (laughs) did you taste them all I'm working my way through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a like a a year of like a on the like a like a calendar like an advent calendar, <laughs> but like for the, today, a yeah, a cocktail a day. That would be like. <laughs> yeah, I do target. not think that I would have been able to write the book should I have been drinking. Yes. 200 cocktails yeah. along the way. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> okay, well, I did ask, I did uh, make a list. I told you a little bit before. My boyfriend's a bartender. You are not a bartender. Correct. Um, and he knows nothing about astrology. You obviously do. Um, Interesting so, dynamic already. Right. So I asked, I told him, which this, I added myself into this equation in a weird way, but <laughs> I told him a couple of people, mutual friends that are each sign, and what each sign like descriptors and then he told me drinks that he would serve them do you want to see if you think he's right or wrong fuck yeah <laughs> Ooh, i like i like this yes okay so is that a challenge <laughs> <laughs> so aries um he, i he said a shot and a beer but they leave before they finish the beer <laughs> yeah i would say they probably do finish the beer okay and then they have another shot Okay. Um, but I, I agree with the sentiment of okay. that. Um, Taurus, he said, bottomless mimosa. Perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, done. Gemini's, uh, he really liked the idea that they like to talk to each other. <laughs> he didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Two was one. Anyway, he said. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> a scorpion bowl to share. Oh. I actually, all of the drinks in the Gemini chapter are these really wacky 
drinks with like huge stories and plots behind them because Gemini love to share and talk so much and they're such storytellers. So that checks out to me. Okay, cool. That's just so cute. Well, and also I could see like a gem being like, should we just do it? Like at the bottom of the menu yeah, is at yeah. like $120 like Scorpion mode. It's like, fuck it. Like we're going to be here for a while mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot to tell you. Yes. <laughs> Cancer, he said a bottle of red wine, the whole bottle. Oh, God. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Leo, uh, what's that George Clooney tequila? That's what he <laughs> said. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. Works for me. He has that's, tequila? Yeah, with and, with it's Randy Gerber. Casamigos. Cindy, Casamigos. Oh, Casamigos. Uh, I've heard that Cindy Crawford's husband. Oh, wow. Yeah, I it's basically sex in a bottle. Dude, it's like, is it? It's, yeah, I mean, it's just like so much sex in those advertising campaigns it's so much daddy i love those (laughs) advertising campaigns because it's just like a couple of hot dads hanging out with each other right just like (laughs) drinking this tequila now he does an espresso oh yeah i saw that why is he doing that because the entertainment industry is not what it used to be and people need to make money in ways that you would never a lot of people do tv now that that we're used to be trying to go to mars and george clooney (laughs) is a taurus i just looked that up i was like i gotta i gotta know right here i have a really crazy um data bank in my brain of everybody's i love that is he a cat moon too uh, no. I'm gonna have to pull up the pull up the full report on that one, but we'll we'll be back There's to like you momentarily. Okay. Um, okay, so Virgo, he said a flight of something. I like the idea of things in different glasses. Yeah, hmm. I like that. Uh, Libra, a naked and famous, because of the name and because all of the spirits and ingredients are used in equal parts. Oh wow! Wait, your boyfriend is an amazing astrologer. I know he's doing Damn. good. I'm a good astrologer. I told him <laughs> <laughs> all he did was make the drink. <laughs> but he's he's doing like a very good association. This was yeah, a good, he I mean, is. I think it's also an example of you guys working yeah, well no, together. It's fine. Um, also, no, he, the, he does take direction very well. The Libra too. I feel like I've been with so many Libras that just order off of name. And like, don't check the ingredients, and then they get there, and they're just like, "Oh, I didn't know there'd be raspberries." In this. <laughs> and you're just like, "It's it's a raspberry." Yes. Like, it just it just had a fun like frilly name, and it's like that sounds good. Oh, it has the highest price point. Okay, like throw it throw it on me. Scorpio, some kind of drink with dark liquor that gets you really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's what he said. Well done. Uh, Sagittarius Fernet. I like that. Checks that's out. that's very smart. Checks out. That's man. good. He said, <laughs> I don't even want to say what he said. He goes, only idiots drink that. <laughs> and he said, because I said Sagittarius always put their foot in their mouth. And he's like, that's what will make you put your foot in your mouth. For now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And it's also like such a know it all drink, you know, because you really would only order it if you're like in the know. Uh-huh. Yes. You'd be like, it's what bartenders drink. Yeah. When Which and Sagittarians a- love to show off that's like one of their favorite things to do is show off like their intelligence and their worldliness and he works at a vegan bar that's why he's perfect (laughs) you know who comes in a vegan bar and orders for net uh capricorn um a mule of sorts Hmm. he thinks the rust cup uh (laughs) appears nice on the outside um aquarius and negroni because uh, there is a week in L.A. where they do every bar does like Negroni week where proceeds go to charity. So what? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. 
I mean, not every bar, but most like bars do. It's Hell yeah. This must when be a post 2016 yeah. um, <laughs> transformation. <laughs> well, I don't know, but you know, I know a bartender that works at a nice restaurant and he always posts oh, about it. Cool. So I'll let you know when yeah, it happens. Because I love Undergrowny. If um, with the humanitarian aspect, I would say that works. Without it, I would maybe push back on the Negroni. I feel like it's a little too traditional. Okay, I could see that. Huh. Um, I could see them really liking, and this is just because I know some Aquarians who like this, but I know a bar that serves frozen Negronis, and I feel like that's a, much like, better. a little bit of a twist mm-hmm. on like a norm core yeah. sort of thing. 100. <laughs> My Aquarius friend drinks martinis. Uh, they'll drink. Hmm. No, they'll usually drink anything. <laughs> uh, Pisces, he did say... Him and Steve were debil- uh, uh, deliberating. It was hard to decide. You know, Pisces, tough to nail down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were worried about water and fish. They couldn't really figure it out. Uh, I said they like to drink anything, probably. And then he said a Long Island. I said not everything. And I said anything. <laughs> uh, we landed on rum punch, blue in color. Oh, okay. I think that that works. Yeah, with Pisces, I think a lot of like absinthe like a lot of like hypnotic Mm -hmm. mind bending or or like just some molly swished up in a water bottle (laughs) while they're out if only i could have included that in the book (laughs) that is so on point i love that um do you have like a fave sign to drink with like let's say a fave sign to like one-on-one chat and i know like sun sign like etc but like from our like social science of like the types of drunks we've seen with mainly our sun sign folks do you have like a fave i can't say that Uh, (laughs) we we found it (laughs) that's true but um what do you think wait is there one you hate to drink with oh no i love all of the signs i really do and i I get such a kick out of all of the 12 signs of the Zodiac that I just really like to see when somebody starts leaning into their solar attributes. Mm-hmm. Like I love when I'm drinking with a cancer and they start wanting to have like eggnog or some cozy drink uh-huh. and like feel homey and domestic. I'm like, you do it. Like, let's heat it up. <laughs> Here's maybe a different variation of this question that I think you can't answer. Do you tend to hang out with a certain group of signs or do you like, because I think a lot of the times people have like, a repetition in their family or with their circle of friends where you're like, oh my, like for me, I'm surrounded by cancers all the time. Do you find that you are surrounded by any particular sign or are you pretty even? Well, I will say that I, um, find myself with a lot of different signs. I am pretty even. My chart is pretty even, Mm -hmm. but I do not have a lot of Gemini in my life. My father is a Gemini, but aside from him, I have not crossed a lot of paths with Gemini. So any Gemini out there who want to be my friend, I'm taking applications <laughs> right now. <laughs> New Geminis need apply. Yes. Do you find um, that some people say you become your moon sign when you're drunk or maybe your Mars? Do you have, would you say, and it doesn't have to be a definitive one, but what do you think, what do you think comes out more when you're drinking? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I do think that the moon could come out when you're drinking. Um, but I do think it also depends on your sun-moon configuration. I, you know, for instance, if you're born on a new moon and your sun and your moon are the same, I don't think that you become like a 
bigger version of whatever that sign is. Um, but for some person who, let's say, is not necessarily always leading with their lunar energy, then yeah, I would that would make sense for that to come out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, it would be whatever Neptune things are going on. Like Neptune is really like the planet to look for for any drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or like freaky deaky shit like that. Um, so I would be curious to know like if the Neptune in the chart is connected to anything, what Neptune aspects are there? Because I feel like the answer would be embedded within Neptune somewhere. Oh. Okay. That fits for me because I'm pretty sure my moon and Neptune are both Capricorn. That's a gen- that's we're we're do all you, in. Do the you think you're a cap when you're drinking? That's yes, I do. You, you, I do. I used ah. to not think so, but I realize that I for sure get Capricorn when I'm drinking because so? I think I get more um, like I get a little snappier. Um, I get a little more like okay, you're gonna do like just you know making demands. I'll get bossier. Hell yeah! <laughs> and I also get very um, like offended by like respect things if i if i feel like i'm if i perceive that i'm being like disrespected in a way or like my um my place in the whatever you also love kicking people out oh i I love it if if there's an opportunity if i'm allowed to be like i'll do it i'll kick everyone out i love kicking people out. oh this is so good yeah this is such good capricorn stuff i'm totally and i'm fourth house so it's uh, like if there's a if someone's house is uh, they're like hosting the party, I for sure am the first one to start all the cleanups. Like I'm, I'll be picking up bags. If someone like in, in high school when people's parents would be coming home, I'd be like, okay, this is what we need. Like make sure that goes back where that is. Like that. And so like, that is like your terrain. Like that is mm-hmm. where you really like become the master, the boss of the house party. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I but wish I, I had you when I was a teenager. <laughs> 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 my fucking Pisces moon was not was getting lost in the sauce i feel like i've been meeting a lot more pisces moons lately too so it's like a lot of the time with astrology it's like i think for me and for us and like we talked about this with like our signers who listen it's like it feels very much like a social science in a lot of ways of just like meeting as many people as you can learning about their charts and like kind of just like source materialing from that but i'm like i don't know these pisces moon keep like appearing in my life and i just like i'm taking that as like a good sign but i think they get a bad rep a little bit on the internet as well as like you know it's your moon and pisces are so indecisive and so weepy and willowy and wishy-washy and like lost in reality do you have any pisces moon truthers for the pisces moon peeps who might be listening it's hard to be a pisces moon it's not an it's not an easy deal Mm -hmm. um it's we're super super sensitive we're super emphatic and like just absorb everybody's shit all mm-hmm. the time. Um, from my empirical experience and also personal experience, like I cry a lot, but crying does not necessarily mean that I am more or less actually affected by something. It's just like my physical response. So mm-hmm. when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when I'm sad, when I'm hungry, <laughs> like I'll yeah. just start crying. Um, so I feel like I have to do a lot of, you know, explaining when I first become close to someone being like, I'm going to probably cry a lot, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I'm actually being more impacted by this mundane issue 
than I am something really serious. That's interesting because I, um, I'm in a kind of therapy, it's called TRIM, which is a trauma resiliency model. And a lot of it is like mind body kind of integration things, but it, um, basically comes from, they started it with people who had survived like super traumatic accidents, um, where like they mentally understood that they survived, but their body is still like in a state of survival. So it's kind of just like learning these techniques to get your body back to your like stasis zone. So you cannot be thinking that you're under attack or that you are like in the depths of a depression um, and crying, like feeling the tears on your cheeks is one of the kind of like trauma responses that actually helps to calm you down in oh. a lot of ways where it's like if you if you um, focus on just like the tears coming down your face you it can like slow you slow your heart rate slow your breathing back down because it's like just confirmation I think of like your feelings but it's not I've I've done that where I'll be like I'm gonna cry I'm not sad anymore or whatever but like my body just needs to do this mm-hmm. uh, well, it's well, like a, a release. For a Capricorn moon that's also like yeah. a big deal <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I cry a lot for a Capricorn moon. Maybe that's learned. Maybe that's more like recently that I've been open to crying and not, I used to have like one, one or two good cries a year and that was it. And now I feel like I cry more. Do you cry in front of people? Yes. Oh, I love crying in front of people. What's your rising sign? Libra. I mean, I don't love it, but I'm also (laughs) totally fine. I'm totally fine with it because I think I'm like, if it's happening, it's happening. And like, so like sorry here it is mm-hmm. uh i guess I, it's like using the capricorn moonness and like a pr- like if you can tap into like not being afraid of emoting it's like it's like it's just coming out it's like very like this is what tear ducts are for and it's just like a practical function of releasing this fucking trauma so either look at me or look away <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also with like double cardinal energy the cardinal signs um Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn are all the best manifestors. So to use your own physical reaction and body to actually propel change and transformation is like a really great cardinal way of looking at tears too. Mm. As like this is actually like helping. This is functional. Yeah. I have a question about rising signs. So how, where do we stand with rising with obviously it's like how you kind of come off and it's some things that are like in you that you maybe don't really have this kind of control. It's like an outside force. How are we thinking about risings with actually affecting physical appearance? Have you heard like, are you hip to the salve on this? I'm, I'm hip to it. Um, we, what do we think? Cause I mean, you know, I don't know if there's, I, I don't know if there's any proof of anything, but like, I don't know. I've seen like mixed, mixed reports. I do find there to be some truth to it. I don't find it to be as straightforward as like, Leo risings have big manes right, or right. Like simple. cancer risings have moon faces, <laughs> which are some of like the more traditional right. associations. But for instance, you know, Capricorn rising, uh, Capricorn rules the muscular skeleton system. So often Capricorn rising people have like really striking cheekbones or could have like issues with their teeth mm-hmm. or can have some like scoliosis or something. So it's not always the same. But if you start to create, you know, a more nuanced relationship between the body parts that that rules and then how that person is 
seeming and looking and yeah like, i think it makes more sense so it's not necessarily like always those like appearancey things that we read about but more like actually those ruling planet things of like oh you're like your girl might be jacked up because it's ruled by this yeah exactly i was just gonna say because it wasn't a cap rising thing but do you know what celeb you get that you look like no do you do ever you get do you ever get anybody no you fellow leo kate bush yay (laughs) but that's why i was like oh my god like she like i was thinking like she kind of looks like kate bush but then i was like "Ooh, this leads me to risings and appearances because it's like but also i get this i feel like caps are always like just like have we've talked about it before have like really well curated instagram scenes especially the rising ones where it's like they'll do like the um like the white border like the white inset picture frame so like it also like the appearances versus like social media appearances has also like been an interesting not debate well, with astrology business people yeah they're like they're really treating it like a mm-hmm. like it's their hustle uh-huh there's totally. a lot of cap rising astrologers which I, is really interesting that's how mm-hmm. i found out yours because i saw your little guy's selfie because we're our, uh social media friends with annabelle we haven't met her yet but shout out hey girl um but i saw you they were all in a cap rising posse and i was like damn look at this yeah and the astro twins too they're oh, cap rising too yeah. and so's uh jessica Lignato. yep yeah, I wonder what it is. I bet that like helps because, I mean, since it is business, it's like it's in this like, you know, celestial, ethereal realm. But like, but having this presentation of like, oh, I'm not fucking with you. Like, I'm like, I take this seriously and you should too. And like, and I'm not going to like dick around with your emotions or feel like I'm just going to like, this is my knowledge and I'm going to share it with you. Business people can take you seriously too. Mm -hmm. People that aren't into astrology. And also, I mean, Saturn is the timekeeper. So I think it's also from like a more spiritual perspective to think of Capricorn risings, like really being like daddy time, you know, and Uh that being such an astrologer thing. It's like, we're all looking at cycles and calendars and, wheels and patterns constantly mm-hmm. and that is the traditional role of saturn and capricorn yeah do you um think i was thinking about this when you're talking about your pisces moon um that every all the people that i'm thinking of that are pisces moons usually have um other kind of grounding placements to i feel like supplement that that it's like not not like all Pisces or like not all water or something like there's there's some kind of balancing force have you do you notice trends at all in charts that are are something like that where it's like you wouldn't be given a Pisces moon if you couldn't handle it like that kind of thing yeah I I like the way that you frame that I think that there is no chart that is designed to fuck you you know like every chart wants to be the most beautiful manifestation of the stars at that moment somebody was born um, stars obviously being more of a euphemism than what we're really <laughs> talking about. But some charts are harder to work with than others. Um, but I often find that either the person is comes to astrology because they want to make sense of a very complicated life or they want to create more drama to a little bit more of a boring life. Ooh. Neither of these are bad. You know, these are these are what they are. But some charts are just more equipped to have, you know, internal strife, whereas others have external strife where they feel like I'm fine. Everyone else is the problem. Um, And that is usually when we have more trines or sextiles or like positive aspects. Mm -hmm. The person is never the issue. You know, everyone else is the problem, whereas somebody internally who has like 
you know, a difficult moon sign or hard aspects, a lot of squares, has a lot of internal tension, but usually they're much more empathetic people because they can see things from multiple perspectives. So everything's a trade-off. I don't think any chart yeah. is, like, bad. No, I yeah, I agree with that. I'm super interested, and it sounds like you are, too, with the – with. I mean, not just the cocktail, but, but just the description <laughs> of it too. Um, but I'm super interested in, in kind of what I perceive as us being part of this kind of, um, astrological renaissance where we're going to be getting all kinds of like anecdotal information to kind of give people more like a, like a Kinsey study almost about all of these different placements and things like that. Are there any other, um, kind of we also just did an episode on chart shapes and so we talked about sabian symbols for a little bit but like love the sabian symbols is there anything that you um not to spill any of your your secrets but is there <laughs> some have you are there any like theories that you have come up with uh in terms of like uh i've noticed from looking at people's charts a lot that i my i have a theory about pisces not having a lot of retrograde planets like often having no retrograde planets because to me, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because you're Pisces and that's you're like that. It, that seems like a, a last lifetime sign to me, which would make sense of that. Are there any of those kinds of things that you or a, or a guiding principle or something that you feel like is different than common astrology? Well, I think that, um, you know, the danger of receiving all of your one's astrological knowledge on the Internet or through memes is that it's. It, you lose the anecdotal aspect of it, which is such an important um, tradition in astrology. When you work with people who are part of lineages of astrology, you get all of these in interesting pieces of information, like Neptune on the Ascendant being really good for the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. or Venus in the first house being a sign of somebody very beautiful or you know very attractive to other people. There's a lot of these like little... Um, snippets that have been passed down through time but obviously if you were to like google them you would never be able to find something on it mm -hmm. so I'm a huge advocate for working with people um and for you know anytime if if there's an astrologer and you love their work to see if they can do a lesson with you you know to see if you can sit down with them or do something on the phone for 45 minutes or an hour to just understand this long lineage of how pieces of information are passed down um, that there's no real place for them to go. Like I couldn't imagine in a book being able to just throw in, you know, an interesting Chiron fact. Uh -huh. Yeah. Is there uh, any people that kind of like took you into that? Like who were like, did you have any like first go to's with like either books just for like, or, um, or like calling in and getting readings or any like astro heroes besides like, it sounds like you obviously have this kind of family, um, you know, something pumping in like the blood there, but also like anyone that you're just like, oh my God, this like got me in, like got me in and took me for a ride. Well, Annabelle has been such an important person in my life for mm -hmm. so long. She was, um, before I was an astrologer, we were working together um, with a line where she was the resident astrologer that cool. we were working with there. So even before I felt equipped to be able to take on this title for myself, mm -hmm she was the person who was really introducing me to this entire vocabulary. Cool. I want to know about the history of esotericism. 
Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your bio. Yeah. I mean, w- what part of it? Well, what got you interested in this? I mean, I guess that it is kind of a weird mix of spirituality and religion in a way. And we were kind of talking about religion before the episode. I don't want to go too deep into it. But what? how is that on your top of your bio? I want to know about it. I mean, I've always, uh, from one eighth house person to another, I've always <laughs> been a spooky, spooky, spooky girl. Um, <laughs> I was like the person who was trying to get everyone to do seances at every sleepover party and mm-hmm. share scary stories and, you know, conjure the dead. Um, <laughs> it's always been just a huge part of my identity. And when I was in college, I was initially going to study esoteric religion. Uh, and then I went on to art history, which actually has turned out to be incredibly useful because all of the mythology is greek and roman art history mm-hmm. there's also kind of a lot of esoteric i know i was just gonna say that yeah yeah that seems uh, a natural tangential too yeah. yeah yeah it's i i find um the all that exists within the gray areas to be so interesting um studying and sort of formalizing my education with esotericism and occult and finding more literature on it and just you know reading the history talking to experts um approaching it from like a very nerdy perspective has helped create more of a uh more systems for me to work within as opposed to just you know blending all of the herbs in my parents kitchen lighting them on fire setting the smoke alarm off and then saying i was making a potion which was the majority of my life. (laughs) 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 So when I was able to actually start um, understanding the history of different symbols, how magicians used to work on magic, magic with a K, the way that the patriarchy has destroyed so much of the rich history and knowledge of occultism and witchcraft and all of these alternative practices, which ultimately at the end of the day are opportunities for self-empowerment because they give all the agency to the practitioner and to the individual it allows someone to have like agency and free will and the ability to change their destiny which institutions do not want Mm -hmm. we don't want people to feel empowered enough to switch their social class for instance by using magic but you can that's such an interesting way of putting it of the like the self-empowerment being the ultimate i mean it makes it makes total sense but even like astrology that feels like a thing that is also used for self-empowerment that people are like oh no that's like hippy dippy whatever but it's like oh it's a way to take control of your life and have and have insight into how to make improvements which is like oh yeah of course like the man doesn't want you to do that totally mm-hmm what the man wants you to stay in line like this is fine this money i make this year is good i was just watching like the end of the not new but new great british bake-off and one of the bakers had like a little it's such a good tourist show i I know (laughs) it's just like this is like this is my piece uh but there's like little stickers that said i am the great british bake-off winner and there's nothing i can't handle and just seeing those notes and they just like panned up to her like station and i was like yes bitch conjure that win she didn't win but i was like <laughs> but, but i was like hey but you but you it was close she was like she was very much a close second place but it was just like oh yeah like they don't 
you don't see that all the time of just like those I am, I can, I'm going, I, I will, I am now statements just like of like, go get yours. Well, I think people are afraid of it in a way too because, uh, you know, anytime you put in your power into something you know nothing about, you can be taken advantage of and that sucks. Yeah. Because I think, you know, we've had certain people in this field that have been in trouble for stuff and like I don't know didn't Miss Cleo have like a big thing <laughs> that came out <laughs> so she's a very uh, performative Leo right so <laughs> like, is she a Leo yeah. things oh, that happen you know and people feel like they're getting taken advantage of for some reason even if they're not you know if they go get a reading and whatever doesn't happen that the person said they blame the person instead of as we do in astrology start with you know house one mm-hmm. yourself i mean i, I want to tell every yelp reviewer just to like go like go spend time with your chart like go like go look back <laughs> at that and be just like what are we really mad about today <laughs> i think there should be those things that's like uh um you know it's like make sure you're not a robot like before anyone posts any kind of review <laughs> or comment there should be a thing where it's like how's your day going oh. or you should have to like draw a picture or something like vulnerable of like of yourself give someone a hug <laughs> yeah you have to like do give yourself before you can like say something about someone else because i think that like that check on people mm-hmm. would uh, help before you make this comment you have to listen to 30 seconds of abba and decide if you really want to like continue yeah. on with your day in this attitude or like yeah, here's a cute puppy fair. or something <laughs> like look at this for 30 seconds I don't know. then you're gonna see all these reviews that are like i was enjoying the cute puppy until <laughs> the server came back and ruined my <laughs> afternoon a second time <laughs> i didn't oh, like your food geez. and i didn't like that you took this puppy from me um I have a question for you. Um, what does like astrology look like for you personally on a day to day basis? Um, you know, you, uh, my mom is a psychiatrist and a lot of people are like, Oh, who, who sees the ther Like, Oh, your therapist sees a therapist, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, every, we're, people are still people and that kind of thing. So like, are, are you reading horoscopes or are you just looking at what transits are happening? Like, what does that look like for you day to day? Um, well, I do read my transits every day and I, I mean, astrology is just such a massive part of my life. It's everything I do. So I'm always enmeshed in astrology to use a psychology term. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually really love working with other practitioners. So the areas that I'm not as strong on, um, that aren't my specialty, like numerology, I also read tarot, but I wouldn't say I'm a tarot reader. Um, so I go to psychics, I go to tarot readers, I go to numerologists, I go to hypnotherapists. Um, I'm really a big advocate of supporting other people and financially, you know, having the wealth be spread among people in the mystical space. So I try to, you know, complement my own knowledge of self and how I practice with other people's expertise too. And I think it's a good thing to do karmically yeah. cool. <laughs> absolutely i had a question because this will be coming out right before it's eclipsy time Ooh. do you have any just like not warnings but like aid like what 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 should we what can we maybe like expect or maybe it's expect the unexpected but any like uh guide guidance for what's coming 
to our door soon. Well, in January 2019, um, we have two eclipses. And one of them is going to be the second in the Cancer and Capricorn series. And then the other is going to be the final in the Leo Aquarius season eclipses. Mm-hmm. So we have one eclipse series really just kicking off and beginning and then another one concluding. So January, I think, is going to be a really interesting time to see a lot of systems concluding and ending and wrapping up and a lot of new different themes coming into the fold in people's lives. Um, For the Cancer and Capricorn, I think that, you know, trying to establish now early on what themes are present on January 5th during this time is going to be a really good way of being able to track the rest of this through 2020 um, because eclipses are cyclical. You know, Mm -hmm. they come up and they sort of reinforce the same topics every time they emerge. For the Leo and Aquarius eclipse that is going to be on the 21st of January, um, really a reflection moment to think of how far we've come since August 2016 when these started wherever that falls in your chart, you know, what lessons have you learned? What have you released? Eclipses slam doors shut in order to open windows and other opportunities in this rickety ass house where like doors (laughs) shut and windows open. Yeah. But they perpetuate um, the inevitable and they speed up time. So often with eclipses, we see things happen that we sort of expected like, oh, I thought I had six more months at this job before I would need to uh, uh-huh. move uh, my position. But suddenly, like, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be a little jarring the same way that our ancient ancestors would be really freaked out when eclipses would happen because they were fucking jarring. <laughs> but ultimately, it helps us move forward. And it's sort of like a kick in the ass to get things going. So as we are in this moment of transitioning between the beginning of one and the end of another, I think that being reflective is really important. Mm -hmm. Again, expect the motherfucking unexpected, Expect the unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Of course, pick up the uh, mixology of astrology wherever books are sold. Um, And do you have a, a release date for the next one or is it just keep an eye out in 2019 it's gonna be march 2019 all right early march and that's what is that one called starring you all right check out starring you in march 2019 by uh her books read you on allure anything else you want to promo anything else coming up that i have an advice column with uh cosmo that's going to be starting in march which i'm super excited about hell yeah hell yeah we'll check that out i'll be writing in every week yeah Yeah. good good (laughs) y'all can y'all can stop dming us and just write to us start start dming me advice (laughs) column baby well thank you so much thanks guys thank you Bye. Bye. bye Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?